0: Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. We're going to jump into a new series focusing on sharing your faith. And it's important for you to be able to share your own faith. Uh, often here, uh, people say, well, pastor, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to get them to church. And then you're going to tell them what to do. Well, that works sometimes, but it's also important for you to be enabled and for you to know what it is uh, that we believe, what it is that we stand for, to be able to share your own faith. Because what I've often found is that what you have, you should be able to give away to others, right? What you have received, if you really understand what you have received, um, You know, it would, you know, it would be like if I have something in a hidden box and I'm trying to explain it to you, but I know what it is, but you don't know what it is. But if I see it and I hold it and I feel it, I can tell you the texture. I can tell you the shape. I can tell you the color that hopefully you can begin to understand what it is. And then when I give it to you then you can take that same idea and share it with others and give it to others. And that is the whole point of the gospel. And in in sharing your faith, we're going to look at three different things throughout this series. We're going to cover two weeks, and then we're going to have Mission Sunday. A real good friend of mine, Richard Rogers, will be here to share um, just about some of their missionary work in Mexico, and then we'll conclude the following week. But this morning, we're going to look at starting the conversation. Can you say that with me? Say, starting the conversation. Okay, so that's what we're going to look at today. And then we're going to look at sharing the gospel next week. And then that last part is going to be sharing your testimony and saving them a seat. Um, so that last part is just, you know, sharing your testimony. So real quick, just to kind of give you a snapshot of what that testimony one's going to look like. The awesome part about a testimony is that nobody can argue with your testimony. There's a lot of stories in the Bible sometimes that are hard to wrap our mind around. But guess what? You are that living testimony of what God has done in your life. Now, a lot of times they don't know who you were, but they know who you are. But that's where the power of your testimony comes in because you say, hey, listen, the man I am today is not the man that I was. Let me tell you how I used to be and what happened and how I got to where I am now. And that is just one of the greatest things that we can use to uh, just really share the love of Jesus because they're going to ask you, what happened? How did that change? Where did everything begin to change? And we know that that all starts in Jesus. Jesus is the one that begins to change all those things. So that's kind of where we're going to look on that last week. But today we're going to talk about um, sharing the conversation, starting the convo with others. And, you know, hopefully you've had a chance to share your faith with Jesus. How many of you have boldly shared your faith with somebody previously? How many of you, it scares the living daylights out of you so you have not yet done it thus far, right? And, and, and I know that's the case. Most people are intimidated. They don't know what to say or they don't, they don't talk well or they're worried about messing it up. And um, I believe that God stirs inside every single believer that desire to share what you have found with others and how that is communicated to others is through the conversation. Right? We are modeling our lifestyle of Jesus, but really communicating to others what God has done for us, what God has done in our life. It, it is really paramount that we communicate those things. Um, but you have to realize the people around you, they're going through hard things. They're going through hard things in life that are difficult. They don't know what to do. And bringing the hope of Jesus into their situation will change their situation. So you have to understand that that is part of what we get to do. And I know there's probably some of us in the room who got really bold. We got courageous and we were real, real close to bringing Jesus into the conversation. And then you know what we did? We chickened out. Uh, we were like, oh, well, God bless you. And you walk off and you say, well, at least I said God and I said blessed and I walked off. So, you know, we, we kind of chalk that up as like sharing the gospel maybe in a uh, indirect way. But in reality, it's missing the vital components Of sharing our faith, which is all about Jesus. So uh, the hope that we have in Jesus, uh, we should be giving it to the world around us. Now in communicating to others, it's going to have to be something that we intentionally do. It's just not going to happen by accident, but telling others about the hope and peace that they can find in Jesus, they really, really need that. They just don't know that yet. So what do we do? We have to just start the conversation. We have to be willing to start that conversation. Now, one of the best ways to do that, um, if you're really, really bold, you can just run in there and, you know, what I call like cold turkey evangelism. It's like, hey, you know, I know you're living really bad lifestyle. You're not doing too well. Hey, you need Jesus. Telling you what, most of the time that conversation is not going to go off really, really well because you just like saw the sin. You need Jesus. Hey, you need to change more than likely you might get punched in the face, right? In that approach and like, tell me what I need. I'll show you what you need. Whap, right? You know, so one of the best ways to, to share the, share Jesus with others is what is called through um, relational evangelism. It happens through relationships that you already have friends, coworkers, family members. Now we know family is really, really hard sometimes. Family doesn't want to hear what you have to say, but nonetheless, there are family and you know, I would encourage you to be bold and courageous and tell them about Jesus also or indirectly let them know you're praying for them or, you know, just it, it's tough. But, but through relationship, those are what works best. Relationships we already have, relationships that we're working on building uh, with a goal of sharing the gospel in a way that's going to get to the root issue or going to give them the free gift of salvation that we received. So that's the whole goal. So let's look at a scripture this morning to kind of give us some framework as we uh, look at some of these variables. So 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 2, it says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. So he was, he was commissioning Timothy, who was a preacher, teacher, but here's what he said. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience. And careful instruction. Now I would challenge you out of the gate, the correcting, the rebuking. If it's someone you don't know, be really careful just like kicking the door down and said, You need Jesus. Whoop, and just like nailing them. I would strongly encourage you to, to be more in the vein of encouraging. It says, with great patience and careful instruction. Right. That's not just running in there blindly. That's, you know, uh, kind of approaching it with grace, with patience. It says, be prepared in season and out of season. Now, some of you may say, well, that's that's a pastor's commission. Pastor, you're supposed to be ready in and out of season. So let me give you one more passage just in case you uh, want to weasel out of that one. Say, well, that wasn't for me. 1 Peter 3.15 in the New Living Translation, it's instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you, uh, ask, ask about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Now, that nails us all to the wall, right? That's just not pastors. That's not just preachers and teachers. But if somebody says, hey, what's different about you? You're like, man, I got some new cologne. No, that's not what they're talking about, Right? You know, uh, what, what is it that's different? What is it that makes you respond the way you respond? What is it that makes you where you're full of patience when we're, when we're getting frustrated in the workplace, what is it about you that makes you so different? And hopefully in that moment, you're not like, uh, man, I don't know. Come to church, but we can begin to communicate. Well, let me tell you. And like I said, that's when I love to kind of incorporate the power of our testimony and different things like that into the conversation, because I'll say, well, the man you see today is not the man I always was. But let me tell you how I used to be, so you can understand where I got to where I got. And between the start and now, guess what? Jesus is all in the middle of that. So when we begin to explain those things, when we begin to communicate those things, it allows people, it points people to Jesus. It kind of allows us to... uh, start that conversation. Now the word preach, let me, let me backtrack just for a minute. So that word preach means to be a herald or to proclaim. So when we talk about being a herald, it is, it means it's some, the, the herald's responsibility is to receive the message of the king and take it and give it to all the people. Now I believe in the same way our commission of what God has called us to do looks very, very similar, is very similar to that, where God has given us a commission, he's given us the truth, and he just doesn't want us to bottle, uh, bottle it up in this selfish bottle of, of it's all about me and I'm gonna just guard this precious gift that God has given me, but the whole point is what you have received, God also wants you to take that and give it to the world around you. You know, it would be like being a doctor and having the cure to all of the world's problems. And I'm going to use that. All of the world's problems. Jesus is the key. He is the answer. He is the solution. Not that he takes us out of this world. But he helps us get through the hard things in this world. Bible says in this world you'll have trouble. But fear not. I have overcome the world. Right? And so this is the gift that God gave us through Jesus. And we have the potential to give it through. Give it to others through the, through the avenue of communicating it. So this morning, I hope to give you the why it's important and why we should be doing it. Why should we share our faith? Why is it important? So in this, in this passage, in 2 Timothy, what does it say? That there's going to be a great judgment between both the living and the dead. Right at the end, we're going to give an account for what we believed. And uh, I've shared this before. Man, it, it always scares me to think, like, what if I'm in the line going to heaven and I got a bunch of buddies that I was around my whole life? in the line leading to the back, bad place. And said, Hey, you never told me about that. Oh man. You know, like I want people to know, I want people to be aware and I, I want to intentionally pursue people and tell people about Jesus. And you know, I don't want it to be because I didn't start the conversation. I didn't say anything. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, this is the Great Commission. We've all heard it probably multiple times, but it says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we have to understand that all authority, can you say that? Say, all authority has been given to Jesus... So as his sons and daughters, guess what? It has now been given to me. And who am I supposed to give that to? The world around me, right? He's given me that authority to teach, to encourage. Um, that's why we make baptisms a big deal. Like it says, go, you know, that is a public declaration of our faith. Like, hey, you know, um, there's a church, you know, because we count members and we count cars and we count all these things. There's this church that all they count is baptisms, They don't care about altar calls. They don't care about salvations. When you finally get baptized, that's the numbers they count. How many people are getting baptized? Because that is the public declaration of your faith. Now, I'm not saying if you haven't got baptized, you haven't got saved. But if you haven't got baptized and you're saved, you might want to get baptized. Uh, We'll probably keep counting numbers and keep counting cars because those are the things that we're looking at. But ultimately... That's one of the most important things because that is the bold declaration of our faith of saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do it publicly and my life is no longer my own and I'm going to be, I'm going to follow Jesus, right? So it's an important thing to do. So we have to understand that he, all of this authority that he has, he's given to us, Matthew 10, 7 and 8. It says, therefore, go and proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. So what that is communicating, the time is short, Now, don't go to your workplace and say, Jesus is coming back tomorrow. You got to get saved today because you will probably prove to be a fool, right? Uh, The Bible says that, you know, we don't know the time and the hour. Not even Jesus knows that, but that is for God and God alone to determine when he comes back. But we can guarantee you that today we are one day closer to his return than we've ever been. And we know that life is fragile. We don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, we don't know if we'll breathe our last breath or we're just barely getting started. We don't know what time looks like, but there's no better time than today to tell somebody about Jesus. So um, it continues in verse eight, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy and drive out demons. And it says freely you have received, freely give. Right? So we understand we didn't have to, we didn't have to earn or work for salvation. We just had to receive it. So we want to give people that same opportunity to just receive it. But what we have received from Jesus, we can give to others. He came as a healer, he came and he raised the dead and he cleansed those and drove out demons and in that authority, we can do the same things. I think it's often according to your faith, so be it. But if you've received Jesus, guess what? You can give Jesus. And don't make anybody pay a higher cost than you paid, right? You know, Jesus lets you in easily. Let other people in easily also. Well, first you got to come to church and you got to do it. Now, come on. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. It was a free gift of salvation. So let's make sure we give it freely. It says freely you have received, freely give. That means without cost. All right. So the hope of, if you have the hope of salvation, you can also give the hope of salvation. So our goal needs to be to give people Jesus. Give them Jesus. Be intentional. Make a point to do that. Um, that passage that says um, all nations, so that word nations actually is defined and looked at as groups of people. I think sometimes we think nations as other nations of the world, but what it is, it's, it's a collection of people groups, and look at it this way, a, a group of people in your Proximity. That's probably a better, a better way to, to understand it. It's groups of people, and this was talking beyond just the Hebrews alone, and it was talking about all the nations of the world, but all of those who would come to know Jesus after go into all the nations, preaching the gospel and all of these things. So it's the people around us in our sphere of influence, those who maybe we are building a relationship with that we want to give, we want to present the opportunity to give them Jesus. Um. But sometimes, you know, like I said, we're scared or we, we don't know what they're going to think. But really, they may, they may be needing Jesus, but they don't just realize it at the time. They don't understand that this is the key and this is the solution for all of the problems that they're, that they're having. But I want to challenge you. And I want you to just jump into the conversation of sharing Jesus with others. Romans 10, 17, it says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So to share your faith, guess what? You have to start the conversation. How many people in the room like to talk? Got talkers in the room. Well, you're talking about everything under heaven, but you forgot to bring heaven into the conversation, right? We talk about all kinds of things. And most of the time, hopefully we're talking about things that are important, right? Maybe yes, maybe no. One of the things that we have to incorporate into our conversation is is adding Jesus to the variable. So we're going to look at this morning four ways to thrive in starting the conversation. Okay? So if you say, Pastor, I don't know how to do it. It gets super awkward. I don't know what to do. I'm going to give you four key components that are really going to help you start that conversation. Number one, be prayed up. Before you get up, before you get in the conversation, you need to already pray over that conversation. You need to be thinking about that conversation. Not that you need to know everything that you need to say about that conversation, but you want to pray prior to the daily engagement, right? You should be asking, you know, Lord, what am I going to do? And and ask God into your conversations with the people that you're going to be around and ask God for moments to share Jesus with others. Because when you do that first thing, And you do that early. You're not caught in the middle of like, oh, no, this is my Jesus moment. This is the moment I get to share Jesus with others. And you haven't prayed and you're like, oh, no. I believe prayer really should always precede the conversation. It should precede those daily engagements with people. So this is one thing why I'm an advocate about praying first thing in the morning. Now, I don't know if you're like me. I am not a morning person. It doesn't matter if I go to sleep late, if I go to sleep early. I don't wake up in the morning full of holy glory. I lay there and I'm like, dear Lord, help me. The alarm's going off. Becky's mad. I'm not getting up. The kids got to go to school and I'm just laying there and it's just just not happening. I'm 100% a night person, not a morning person. But before I get off the bed, you know what I almost do every single day? I take a deep breath and I invite God into my day. I say, Lord, I don't know what this day holds. And sometimes I have a plan. Sometimes I have no plan. I don't know what the day holds. I got a few things maybe on the schedule. I know I got to come to work. Got a few things I need to take care of. But I just say, Lord, I invite you into this day. Lord, I pray that you just would guide it, that it'd be full of you, that you'd give me opportunity to share the love of God with people. And, but right out of the gate, because if I do that first, I am now relying on God as the source, not my cup of coffee. Some of you crawl to that that uh, the, the decanter, and you get there, and you, it's like that is your salvation. The coffee is not going to fix the spiritual things. You may think it might help you, but you know Jesus seeking Him first, praying over your day, being prayed up is one of the most important things you can do. So, prayer first time, first thing in the morning. But you should have a daily prayer habit. Habit. That's something you do every single day. That's something you do often. I eat every single day to strengthen my body. Why would I not pray every day to strengthen my spirit? So we need to be thinking about that. If we're going to be spiritual people or we're going to try to spiritually impact the lives of others, we need to be prayed up. Right? Just like not eating is going to wear my body out, not praying is going to really kind of restrict sometimes what my spirit wants to cooperate in doing. Um, But we don't know what the day holds, but prayer can make sure That we can handle it. It releases God into the equation. The Lord's Prayer says what? Give me this day my daily bread. Now, you know, it's not talking about food, but it's talking about spiritual sustenance. It's what I need for the day to be spiritually enabled to do all that God has called me to do. So we want to pray first. That's the first thing we want to do. Um... Don't pray just when the engagement happens cuz I've seen that or and I've done that personally it's like I didn't pray or I wasn't ready and then I'm like oh man I might get an opportunity here to share Jesus's love with somebody and I'm and I get in that moment where I'm like hey but I don't know what to say because I wasn't prepared and I wasn't thinking about it and, and, I, and I'm stuck in a position where I implement this scripture, this, this uh, passage from Luke 12, 11 through 20. It says, when you are brought before the synagogue, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourself or what you will say. Verse 12, it says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Now, let me challenge you. It's a balance between both. I've had moments where the Spirit of God will just deposit, give me insight, He will help me, but also the preparation of being ready for that moment before that moment hits greatly increases the potential of success spiritually in engaging with people. So it would have been like this morning, if I show up with no notes and I say, Holy Spirit, you're going to show me and teach me what to say in that moment, well, you might have 15 points and at the end you have no clue where we went or where we're going and be all all over the place. But I believe that there is preparation, but there is also Holy Spirit inspiration that will help you in amongst the plan. So we pray, but we also release the Holy Spirit to help us pray and communicate in a way that uh, we may not know how to do on our own. But he will guide you in those conversations. He will help you. So invite the Holy Spirit into your daily conversations. Pray for your daily conversations. Be prayed up before you get there. Tell you a quick story of when I was on a mission trip in Mexico. And in Mexico, it's really cool because you go through a translator. So if you don't think real, real fast, you got a whole extra line of translating to think about what you're going to say next, right? You're like, okay, what are the variables of, of the gospel? What do I need to say next? And um, I remember sharing the gospel and Becky was there with me. And so I start sharing, I start going through all of the bullet points and what, the, what is the gospel and questions and clarifying questions. And we'll look a little bit more of that next week, but man, I was butchering it. I was messing it up. I was messing up the outline. I was jumping to point number three, and then, I oh, I forgot point number two, and then I'd go to point number four, and um, at the very end, you know, we always ask the question, hey, is that a choice you'd like to make? Would you like to ask Jesus into your heart and start a relationship with him today? And I remember Becky saying, there's no way he's going to receive the gospel because you completely jacked it up. And then at the end, he says, man, absolutely. So let me tell you what, when you're floundering over your own tongue and you're messing things up and you're not communicating as well as you want, the Holy Spirit will work on your behalf and he will get the message to the sender. He will interpret and he, you know, if you're, if you're sharing from your heart and you're trying to do your best and you're cooperating with the Holy Spirit, they will get what you're sending. Even if you feel like you're messing it up, that's what inviting the Holy Spirit into that conversation does for you but we have to be prayed up. We have to invite him into the conversation and we got to be bold and courageous to talk to others. Okay. With the goal of sharing Jesus with them. So number one, be prayed up. Number two, be relational and real. So what do I mean by that? Be yourself. Don't, don't try to be something you're not. Don't try to pretend to be, to know more than, you know, you know, like it's just like, you know, ask me anything. That's a bad that's a bad question because there's a lot of stuff I don't know. There's a lot of things that you don't know. And, you know, just share with what you know. Um, the, the biggest thing with that is making sure people know that you genuinely care, that you genuinely care. John 13, 34 and 35, it says, a new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another one another. So ask God to just stir that love for people in your heart. I know that there's people that are hard to love and you don't, you don't like them and you don't want to love them and it's super awkward, but you have to begin to say, Lord, but how do you see that person? What have you created them to be? And God, give me that same compassion that you have for them because if people really know that you care, man, it changes just the approach. It changes what's being received. Um, And, you know, I I think that that's it really just helps because it takes the pressure off of if people really, really know your heart. And I'm going to tell you this from personal experience, because I feel like most people in this room know my heart. Man, I can almost get away with saying anything because, you know, my heart like, you know, you don't tell like, man, this joker, you heard what he said. I'm out of here. Like, because at the end of the day, you know, my heart, I really, really care about you. Care about where you end up, care about where you're going, care about where you are today. And, you know, my heart is driven towards compassion and love for you. How many of you know the passage that says love, or love covers a multitude of sin? So when we know, when somebody knows that we love them and we've prayed for them and we're being real and we're being vulnerable and we're being ourselves, it's just better received. Okay, so we have to realize that. Make sure we love them. Make sure that we have compassion. Make sure that there is. They understand that there is genuine concern, um, and that should come across in your conversation. So, don't don't be uh, pretend to be something you're not. Be vulnerable. Be real. And this will speak volumes to the lives of others. You may not actually understand the problem they're going through, but you also need to let them know that you are not perfect. Because it's really, really hard for people sometimes to look at you and think that that's where they need to be right away. But that's not always the case. Like, most of the time we're a work in progress, and hopefully if we've been serving the Lord for a long time, we look more like Jesus than we ever have. But... Like I said, you go back to your testimony, you go back to what Jesus has done, say, listen, that's not how I always was. You got to understand where I've I've come from. And you start showing them all the scars of your life that you survived. And they're like, man, I didn't realize that. You know, and so we don't necessarily understand all the problems, but we need to be vulnerable and real um, with who we are. Another thing, uh, please, please, please practice what you're preaching. Don't ask them to do anything that you're not doing or that you're not practicing. That is how the whole church name of Man, church full of hypocrites. Well, not all of them, but some are, right? And what that looks like is you holding them to a higher standard that you don't even uphold. Don't do that. Stay in the safety net of like, say, hey, you know, there's a lot of hard things in the Bible. Hey, this is kind of where I'm at. Be real and raw, like, and be real. Say, there's still things I struggle with. There's still things that I deal with, man. There's still some things that the devil's beating me up with. But, you know, God gives me the grace to get up every single day and walk the walk and like, but that's where it is. Be real. Be vulnerable. Don't pretend to be something you're not. Like, I think when I, um, when I received salvation, nobody told me that following God was going to be hard. I thought I was going to be like, man, it's going to be easy. It's going to be great. Get hooked up with a relationship with Jesus. It's going to be Cadillac the rest of my life. Lies. It's hard following God, right? It, it, it's hard being looked at from the world's perspective and not being accepted. Because I think deep down, we like to be liked. We don't want the world to look at us and say, well, I hate those Christians because I am one. And, you know, man, all these goody-goody two-shoe guys and like, oh, like too cool to party or whatever. It's like, come on. But these are these things that God has called me to. And I didn't realize there was going to be a cost of following Christ. That there was going to be challenges in following Christ. But nonetheless, it's the best decision I have ever made. It has made it worth it. Has it been challenging? Absolutely. But just like Jesus had to carry his cross, we're called to carry our cross daily. There is some sacrifice, there is some cost to following Jesus. But just carry that cross well. If that if that makes sense, carry it well with utmost humility. Be real, don't be something you're not. Um, one other thing in, in being relational and being real, please, please, please don't make the, 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 the conversation awkward when you start talking about Jesus. You can be over-religious, theest of the thous, and thou says this, and you're like, I don't even know what you're saying, dude. Like you're talking like the King James Version. Don't do that. Like don't make it awkward. Don't make it where you all of a sudden get loud like your Pastor Noe on Sunday and you're getting real and you're sitting across from a guy eating a bologna sandwich. Come on, you got to I mean, you get fired. It's like, calm down. It's okay. Like normal conversation in the middle of it. Don't key to Shonda Rhonda right in the middle of the conversation. I'm just telling you, like, you're going to like, later, bro, you can eat that bologna sandwich by yourself. And they're gone. Whatever opportunity you had, fish is gone. You ain't going to catch that one today. So don't make it awkward. Be relatable. Hey, man, how's it going? Man, what you got for lunch today? That's it. I mean, normal person, like don't make it super hyper-religious or super awkward. Just be relational, be real, be present, and man, don't run them off. Okay? So number one, be, pre- be prayed up. Number two, be relational and real. Number three, be bold and courageous. So be brave and trust Jesus in you. Okay? Trust that, you know, the spirit of God is, is inside of you. What this means, just go for it. People really need Jesus. They just don't know it yet. Really, they don't. They they just they're looking for something. They're searching for something. Trust Jesus inside of you. So being bold and courageous, um, we have to understand that all of the pressure is on God. Uh, I was talking to somebody. They said, "Well, you know, man, that's one of my favorite messages." And man, you know, it's but it's hard when you get rejected. You have to realize if you get rejected, you are not getting rejected. They are rejecting Jesus, and they're gonna at the end of their life, they're gonna have to be held accountable. Hey, I mean, I was just the messenger. I was the herald bringing you the message from the king of what Father God wants for you and his heart towards you and his love letter to you. And I was giving you the free gift of Jesus. But if they refuse that, they are rejecting Jesus. So understanding that it's up to God. So here's a few scriptures that help us remember that. John 14:6 it says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the key. It's not doing what I do. It's not just going to the church I go to. Jesus is the only way. All the pressure is on who Jesus is. John 6, says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them and will rise them up in the last day. So Father God actually has to convict their heart, has to draw their heart. It's up to, it's up to God to do the work. Unless God begins to knock on the doors of their heart and whisper in their ear and, and draw them to him. There's nothing that I can do, but the goal is that we partner with what God is doing as he draws the hearts of men and we give Jesus to those because he is the way to heaven. Also, Proverbs 1130 in the New American Standard, it says, he who is wise wins souls. There's a lot of things that we we put good merit in. Winning souls is a wise thing to do. It is a wise thing to pursue Uh, We know the disciples that said, you will no longer be fishers of, you will no longer catch fish, but you will actually be fishers of men. How many of you know catching a fish requires some method to the madness? Can't just yell at that fish and say, fish in the boat. (laughs) Fish is that easy, right? Got to get out to where the fish are. Got to take some gear and some tackle with you. Depends what kind of fish you're trying to catch. If it's a big old hard head, you might need a big old leader line. Right? Depends what you're trying to catch. You know, and you gotta get out there, you gotta get the line in the water, and you gotta get them to bite, and then, you know, and then, you know, I think in the gospel, you know, understanding when we're sharing our testimony, we're having a conversation, uh, when you get a bite and you set the hook, you know, that's the most exciting part. Like, a, yes. None of you say, Okay, I'm done, and you throw the rod in the water. No, you wanna get that joker in the boat. We wanna make sure that as we build relationships with people and we we're getting them close. You need to look around your boat. There are many, many people in close proximity to you that are right there. And all God needs you to do is reach your hand down and grab them and pull them into the boat. Those those people that are in close proximity to you, that are in relationship with you, have that conversation. Because those tend to be the easiest ones to get in the boat. Right, we don't want to pursue the ones that are swimming in the wrong direction in amongst all of the sharks. Like, I mean, they're going to have to come to their senses to realize that's not, but look close to where you're at. Look closely at those that are around you. Charles Spurgeon has a quote He says, You have never truly found Jesus if you do not tell others about him. That really, really got my attention because I was like, man. Maybe I have never told others about Jesus because I've never really found the depths of who he is. But what that quote really communicates is that if I have truly found Jesus, I will have a passion and a desire to tell others about Jesus. Okay. Number four, be intentional. So I have never accidentally talked to somebody. Just think about it, like, you know, about Jesus. Now, you may have just casually said, hey, what's up? Hey, hello. Hey, how you doing? Doing good? And just like not even thinking. You don't even know who you talk to. You just walk past them. I mean, I know our brains get on autopilot like that. But, you know, you need to be intentionally thinking about sharing Jesus with others. Uh, I had a dear friend of mine who uh, helped on the mission field. And one of the greatest things he always would say, he says, man, I wonder who can we tell about Jesus today? He would ask every day, he'd he'd wake up and he would ask that question, who can I tell about Jesus today? And then you know what he would do? He'd live the rest of that day looking for that person that God was going to put in his path that he could share Jesus with. So he was intentional, he was focused, he was paying attention to those around us. So we need to ask ourselves that question too. You know, I wonder who I can tell about Jesus today. And then go about our day, maybe go about our routine with our spiritual eyes open. Looking for that one that we can reach. Um, I don't know how many of you have seen the new church shirts, but it says, Go get the one. And the scripture reference is, you know, that he goes, he forsakes the 99 in lieu of going and getting the one. I think sometimes that's our point. That's our goal for the day. Can I go get just one, Lord? Can I reach one today? You know the multiplication factor that would happen if everybody in the body of Christ decided to reach one per day? Because now you tap into a multiplication factor that is crazy. Because if you reach one and then they reach one and then you reach another one, you you come into this where all of a sudden, you know how the Bible says that multitudes were being saved? The Lord added daily to those who were being saved. This is a daily endeavor. This isn't a like, well, Lord, I'm glad I'm coming. But the whole goal, if I have a ticket to heaven, I want to figure out who can I give tickets to also so that we can all be a part of the same show at the end. That we would all be made welcome. But we need to be intentional. Every day that is filled with purpose is guaranteed to get better results. All right. So we have to make it a goal to tell someone about something good maybe that Jesus has done for you. Now think about it ahead of time. Like if I were to grab a mic and walk up to you right now and say, Hey, what's something that the Lord has done for you recently that he's been really, really good to you? Jeopardy. Dun, 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 dun. Right? You know, like you get there, you're like, oh, I don't know. You need to be thinking about that now. Because as the opportunity presents itself, you want to be able to say something. Well, let me, let me tell you about this. Man, I'm glad you asked, right? You know, you don't want to be like, oh, I'll be back, man. I don't know. That might be the one chance. And you need to be ready. You need to be prepared. What is it that the Lord has been doing in your life lately? Or what's one good thing that he's done along the way? But I can guarantee you that if you begin to tell people about Jesus, you will begin to see people come into a relationship with Jesus. If you don't continually tell people about Jesus, guess what? You will see nobody come to Jesus. Start sharing the love of Jesus. Right? Right? You need to seize the day. Psalms 118, 24, it says, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Do you realize God does not have purposeless days? We do. You know, I call that the weekend grind. What you got planned this weekend? Nothing. Right? I don't plan to do nothing. Turn off my phone, prop up my feet, kick back. I'm not even going to cut the grass, even though I need to do it. Like, you know, God always has days full of purpose. He never just says, ah, I'm not going to do anything today. So if God is a God of purpose, he wants us participating in that purpose to reach the people around us. Right? He's not going to waste time. He's not going to be tired. He's not going to slumber. But, you know, just rejoice in it and say, Lord, what do you have in store for today? If we see days full of purpose, it'll change our perspective. So let's just seize the day Um. Understanding, we get to be part of telling others about Jesus. So be intentional. Uh, I'm going to give you a few little phrases or things that you can say, maybe to uh, um, start a conversation with you. You know, like I said, hello is an easy one. Got that? (laughs) hello. (laughs) Don't make it awkward. Like, hello to you too. (laughs) Like, and he's like, that's all I was going to say. Pastor said, hello later. I'll see you next week. Like, uh, but here, here's some of the phrases that I love to say. Hey, when, when we're talking about something or I'm in conversation with somebody, maybe they're going through a hard time. Here's a phrase that you can insert into the conversation to change the outcome of where you're going. Hey, have you ever prayed about that? (whistles) Now we just took something that was really maybe just, external and how and we bring it to something spiritual something else we can say like somebody if you just straight up don't know i mean a good question you say hey do you consider yourself to be a religious person see where that conversation goes because you're gonna figure out like man yeah they've either grown up in church or they know jesus or they don't know it's a it's a good kind of a a, a kind of getting a pulse on the conversation or i say this a lot hey where do you go to church because i don't want to invite somebody to my church that goes to another church and steal church people like so, that's always my approach. Hey, hey, where do you go to church? And now here's what I've learned. This is this is the secret sauce of pastoring. Hey, where do you go to church? Well, I go over here. When's the last time you went? And that's when it's like, yeah, you don't go to church there. If <laughs> it's been like forever ago, because they hey, I, everybody goes somewhere, but they don't go often. So, hey, where do you go to church? Is a good. I lo- love to ask that. Um, I don't. I really don't like to start a conversation. Hey, I'm a pastor. Like, because then if I say that, you know what? You're going to start changing. You're going to quit cussing. You're going to change your whole demeanor, right? I love it when people are acting straight up heathen and they don't know I'm a pastor, but I'm getting the real them. Hey, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a pastor. Oh, fall down in the middle of the aisle and start repenting. <laughs> Just but hey, where do you go to church? Um, another thing, you know, those you got close relationship with, hey, can, can, um, can I tell you something that completely changed my life? Then you better be ready to say, well, I don't know what that is, but I'll get back with you next week. Don't do that. Like, you're going to look at the gospel. We're going to look at testimony. Hopefully you have something to say. But those are all things. Who would not say, you know, like all these Ponzi schemes like anybody. Yeah, let me tell you how you can make a lot of money really quick. Well, tell me, man. Like, hey, let me tell you something that radically changed my life. People will listen to things like that. Another statement that's really, really good. Hey, how can I be praying for you? That one always works. You're paying your bill at the restaurant. Guess what? Till you give them that card, they can't really go away. Right? Hold them hostage and say, hey, how can I be praying for you? And then sometimes, you know, living in a smaller town, it has its perks, right? You usually see people more than once. Uh, If they kind of stutter and they don't know what to say or whatever, say, you know what? Hey, that's cool. Uh, I'll ask you next time I'm here. So then guess what? I follow up again. Hey, thought about it anymore? How can I be praying for you? Well, man, what do you do? Well, I'm a pastor. Really? Yeah. Where do you go to church? So now I'm interjecting all of these questions. Hey, well, do you consider yourself a religious person? Well, I've always went to church, but I just went because my parents went. Okay. So now I know they've just went religiously. They have no relationship. Well, hey, you know, you know, let me me tell you something that radically changed my life. This has nothing to do with pastoring. This 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 is what changed my life. And now guess what? Now I'm in the grounds of being able to say, hey, let me tell you how I used to be. Let me tell you what God has brought me through. Let me tell you how I got to the place where I'm in, at. Hey, you ever thought about following Jesus or giving your life? Man, and now you got the full-fledged gospel sitting in the aisle. The whole, everybody's backed up because they're sitting there, but that's how you do it, right? So let me, let me, let me read those questions to you, for you again. I should have probably put all of those up there, but I didn't. Um, um, have you ever prayed about that? Uh, do you consider yourself a religious person? Hey, where do you go to church? Can I tell you about something that changed my life? And hey, how can I be praying for you? Okay? So and, and God will give you a whole lot of creative ways to like incorporate that, but that's how you change an external you know conversation and kind of into a spiritual. You start the conversation, starting getting to where the gospel matters, maybe getting a chance to share your testimony, that's kind of just a strategic way of doing it. Pretty slick ways, huh? To get from one because you're like, how do I do this? Jesus loves you and he died on you. Like, don't just jump into that. (laughs) Load the questions, let them seek, let them search. And then kind of, you know, kind of season it. You know, you're kind of, kind of working through it to where you're not really shoving it down their throat, but you're letting them slowly digest it where it gets inside and begins to change things. Maybe you'll have a conversation where it'll get super emotional. Say, you know what? Hey, hey, you know what? I'll be praying about that. Hey, and next time we get together, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Well, now you left them hungry. <laughs> you left them searching. They may call you back and say, hey, man, when are we going to catch up on that conversation? Because you know, it's life-giving, right? We have the secret ingredient to change the world around us. So uh, one other nugget on being intentional. Be intentional to live what you preach. What do I mean by that? It's not just being a hypocrite, but if you're saying the Lord is good, live like he's been good to you. Oh, the Lord's so good. He's just bumming around, walking around. Come on. Like, live like it's a good thing. Right? If, if, you, if, if you're saying that the Lord has forgiven you, act like you're a forgiven saint. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but live like you're... Say, man, can you, can you imagine? God's forgiven me of everything. I woke up this morning and all the stupid stuff I did yesterday, he doesn't even count it against me anymore. Thank you, Lord. And you walk around it's like man, this crazy Christian. But when we understand that forgiveness, we can live in that forgiveness and walk as if we've never sinned before God. Right. What about, you know, uh, of saying, you know, man, the Lord has changed you. So in even saying that, man, the Lord has changed me in so many ways. You know, that's going to require you to be a little vulnerable. Doesn't mean you got to tell them the whole story. But in lieu of being vulnerable and telling them the truth, you might have to let them know a little bit of how the Lord has changed you. So don't say that if you're not going to say, well, the Lord's changed me. Well, how? I don't want to talk about that, bro. Because that's how many of us are. Like, we don't want to expose it. We want to say we're changed, but we don't want to expose the ugly rawness of who we were. But sometimes we got to go there to help people get across that bridge to become what God has called them to be. All right. Can you stand up with me? We're going to wrap up. Get out of here. Um, but this morning, I, I want to I end by, by letting you know this morning, and if we got prayer teams in the room, you can go ahead and make your way forward. Uh, if you don't know Jesus personally, you cannot give Jesus personally to others. This whole series, you're going to be like, I don't even know what to do with this, Pastor. don't even make no sense. You have to start in a relationship with the Lord. You have to get close to, to Him, and you can't give anything you have not yet received So as I pray over you and as we dismiss, if you don't know Jesus, man, today is a great day to come to know Jesus. And then what God has given you, give it to others around you, okay? Um, So here are four goals for the week. I want to leave you with some homework. And before you go, get your phone, take a snap, take a screenshot, whatever you want to do so you can see it. But number one, pray over your engagements with people. And you can do that today before you leave. Say, Lord, Monday's coming. Way too quick. But Lord, I pray over all the engagements this week that I'm going to have. Lord, that you'd give me a chance to minister and to share your love in a way that people will receive. Secondly, work on building relationships with people. But I don't like people. God loves people. And because God loves people, we need to start loving people. Because we are the people that God wants to use to reach other people. So begin to build your relationships. Remember to be bold and courageous. Remember, the kingdom is at stake got to be bold I got to be courageous and lastly be intentional to start the conversation ask God for wisdom and um, just take it a step at a time right I've, I've seen where God works quickly and people come to Jesus quick but I've also seen it take years where people come to the knowledge but nonetheless it's because of the persistence of the saints maybe the persistence of the pastor persistence of the people of God that people come to that place. But nonetheless, be intentional with those conversations because God will use those conversations to reach people. Amen. You guys want to be a part of that? Be bold. Be courageous. What do we got to lose? Right? Think about it. Well, what if they don't want to receive it? At least you gave them the chance. What if they laugh at me? It's okay. They laughed at Jesus, too what if I'm uncomfortable? Well, I'm sure Jesus was pretty uncomfortable on that cross too. So a little pain, a little bit of suffering, a little bit of insult thrown on your way. Count it all joy when you get to walk these things out, sons and daughters, because this is what this generation and this is what the people need around us to be bold and courageous and to give them the love of Jesus in a radical way. Amen. Let me pray over you. Lord, I thank you for each one here this morning. God, I pray that we would uh, just have awesome engagements this week with your people. Those that know you and maybe those that have never known you, God, we just ask that you would draw their heart. Secondly, that we would build intentional relationships with a goal of sharing Jesus with them. And Father, that we'd find creative, strategic ways to do that. Also, Lord, that you would just stir us to be bold and courageous, Father, that your kingdom truly, truly is at stake. And Father, that we would just be intentional in our conversations and strategic and Father, I pray we'd be led by your spirit this week to reach those that maybe we feel like are unreachable. But guess what, man? You can reach far and wide, Lord. So, Father, I pray that even this week there'd be opportunities to share Jesus with others. And there would be those that come to know Jesus this week through your people. As we go from this place, Lord, I ask for your spirit to go with us. Lord, your scripture says that the harvest is plentiful, but yet the workers are few. So, Father, I pray that this day as we send workers into the field, Father, I ask for an abundant harvest through your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.